This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's tribe time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend as we join you from Houston, Texas. Extra editions of Tribe Talk this year before we head to our hot stove shows as the Indians are in the postseason for a third consecutive season. Opening up postseason play on Friday in Houston against the defending world champion Houston Astros. The Astros with a 7-2 win. More on that shortly. But uh, a lot of folks to get to coming up in our show today, including... Indians players Michael Brantley, Yonder Alonso, Jason Kipnis, Jan Gomes, and more as uh, we get you up to date on all things postseason for the Tribe. As, again, they are in their third consecutive postseason with a lot of the same players who have been such a big part of a great stretch of Tribe history. Well, on Friday, the Indians open play. In the division series against Houston, the Indians coming in as a 91-win team that won the American League Central Division. The Astros won 103 games this year in winning the AL West for a second consecutive season. The pitching matchup, Corey Kluber and Justin Verlander, and it lived up to billing through the first three innings as neither team had a base hit through three, but that changed as the Astros jumped on the board in the bottom half of the fourth thanks to all-star game most valuable player Alex Bregman. Here's the 2-1. Swung on, and that's blasted high and deep to left and gone. The Astros strike first. Alex Bregman. 31 regular season home runs, and he has one now in the postseason, as he did a year ago in game one of the ALDS. Bregman's first home run of the postseason made it 1-0 Houston. They added another run on an RBI single from Josh Reddick. 2-0 Houston heading to the fifth. That's when George Springer and Jose Altuve went back-to-back with the long ball off of Corey Kluber, and that made it a 4-0 ball game. Now, the Indians did scramble to score two runs in the sixth inning. They had the bases loaded with Ryan Presley on in relief facing Jose Ramirez, and here's what happened. Bases loaded, one out, sixth inning, tribe down four. The set in the pitch. 
almost hit him. Skips away to the backstop. Into scores Gomes. And the wild pitch has put the Indians on the board. They now trail it 4-1. to one. And Lindor moves up to third. And Brantley to second. And then Ramirez would bring home another run. Now the set and pitch. Swung on. Bouncing ball to first. That'll get a run home. Guriel will make the play himself to retire Ramirez. Lindor scores. Brantley to third. And for Jose Ramirez, not the result he wanted, but you couldn't afford a strike out there. And Ramirez knocks in a run. And the Indians now have cut the margin in half. So a 4-2 ball game at that point, but Houston would extend the lead in the seventh. Martin Maldonado with a home run off of Cody Allen. And another run would come in on an Alex Bregman RBI single. Then in the eighth inning, one more run on a Josh Reddick RBI base hit. And that was your final score, 7-2. The Astros defeat the Indians. Afterwards, Terry Francona talked about the tough start to the division series for the Tribe. What do you see from uh, Kluber, especially in the fourth inning there? Yeah, the fourth inning was, you know, a really tough inning. I think they made him throw 33, 35 pitches. Just seemed like with his two-seamer, when he, when he left it up, they made him pay. I mean, I think they pretty much did that with our whole staff. And when we made a mistake, they, you know, they had the four home runs, and they showed us they can score runs getting hits also. But the damage was done on balls that were elevated. Tito, you stressed before the game that, you know, when you go to your bullpen, you are in your bullpen. But I'm just curious, you know, with the effort it took Kluber to get through the fourth, was there any temptation to, you know, go the pen for the fifth and maybe specifically Bauer there? No, because like you say, once you go, you know, you're committed to, you know, if you win five innings and four if if you lose, we got a game tomorrow. So wanted to, once we were behind, wanted to try to keep it where it was, not have too much. The guys pitch too much, but also get them in and maybe take some of the rust off. And then any surprise that they were so the Hinch was so aggressive with, with uh, Verlander, um, you know the first sign of trouble there, going to the bullpen there. Oh, I I got my hands full here. I don't ever manage the other team. What do you think of Verlander after seeing him so much in, in with Detroit? He's tremendous. I mean, their whole staff, you know, is is very good. He had power. He had a breaking ball. You know, when you're throwing 96-97 and you can throw a 3-2 breaking ball, he, uh, he presented a lot of, a lot of challenges for our hitters. Uh, what do you think of uh, Trevor Bauer in this game, and how might using him today factor into a potential game for a start for him? It, it, he needed to, regardless, I mean, we're not even thinking about game four. You know, now our sights are set on game two. But I thought it was important for him to get in and pitch. Um, with with Trevor, he could probably pitch every game. If he doesn't, getting in was important for him. To we didn't want him to go ten days without pitching. Do you read anything into Corey's outing today? Is this just one bad outing? When you look back at the way he struggled last year in the postseason, do you have any concern at all about where he is right now? <laughs> last year has nothing to do with today. Um, they're a good team. He made a couple mistakes. They they made him pay for it. Long term, you think he's healthy? He's fine. Kluber? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Any last ones for Tito? All right, Terry. Thank you. We'll see you tomorrow. That's Tribe Manager Terry Francona following Houston's 7-2 victory over the Indians in Game 1 of the American League Division Series. Stay tuned. When we come back, we will hear from Michael Brantley, Yonder Alonso, and Francisco Lindor 
That's after this timeout as Tribe Talk continues from Houston on the Cleveland Clinic Indians radio network. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Minute Maid Park in Houston this weekend where the Indians are taking on the Astros in the American League Division Series. Don't forget the Tribe will return home for Game 3 Monday afternoon. That ball game begins at 1.30 at Progressive Field. And then if necessary, Game 4 would be on Tuesday afternoon with a 4.37 first pitch. Might be moved to a night game if indeed the Yankees and the Red Sox series only goes three games. But uh, we'll see what transpires there. So hopefully a lot of baseball left for the Indians. Heading into the postseason, Michael Brantley figures to be a big key for the Tribe. And finally, he is healthy for a postseason after missing all of 2016 in that great run to the World Series. Brantley had the, the shoulder injury that ended his season early. And then last year he was coming back from the ankle injury. He did play in the series against New York, but he certainly was rushed and not nearly as sharp as he could have been. This year he stayed on the field the entire year. An outstanding season for Brantley, who finished fifth in the American League in batting with a 309 average, hit 17 home runs and drove in 76. And when we had a chance to catch up with him, at the end of the regular season in Kansas City last weekend, he talked about the keys to his strong season, and good health was right at the top of the list. Yeah, I just, you know, I'm very fortunate to come out here and just play with these guys and be healthy. Uh, that was one of my biggest keys, just be healthy and enjoy playing the game again. And you're finishing strong. Uh, certain things coming together nicely for you here at the end as you get ready for postseason? I hope so. I just, you know, really just trying to stay consistent. Try to stay consistent through my routine and not trying to do too much and, you know, make sure that I take these last games and put up some good ABs and, you know, bring it over to the postseason. You mentioned that consistency. What's the difference with your swing if you do go through a, a rough patch and then put together a stretch like you have of late? Yeah, I just really try to believe in it and, you know, try to stay confident and don't try to get too high, don't try to get too low, no matter what happens. Uh, this is baseball. It's a long season, so you're going to have ups and downs, but the more mentally tough you can be, uh, the better off you're going to be, you know, dealing with your swing, you know, for 162 games. When you look at this team, it, it's been a, a real solid season, obviously a, a playoff club again. Uh, what has you excited this time around that, that could lead to a, a real long postseason run? Just the hard work that everybody's put in all year to get to this time. Um, you know, it's a group effort day in and day out. Uh, no one individual is going to, you know, win the postseason for us or, you know, got us to the postseason. We did it as a team. I think that's something special that, you know, we all can agree on. Different for you this year because of the the way the season has gone from a health standpoint and, and really being a big part of it here at the end? Yeah, it's different for me. Um, you know, last year I was a lot of uncertainty whether I was making the roster and, you know, how I was feeling day in and day out and just really trying to get back just so I could try to help this club. But, you know, this year, you know, I'm healthy. I'm playing every day and uh, excited for what's yet to come. Uh, we talked to Yonder Alonso a little bit earlier. This will be his first postseason. 
Uh, how do you help some of the guys in his shoes? And, and there's not too many who are going through it for the first time. Are there some things that you can pass along to them that, that helps come October? Well, Alonzo played an all-star game. I kind of gave him a reference the other day. It's kind of like that, you know, the all-star game atmosphere. You know, you had those butterflies. You know, it's an exciting time. And it's the same time in the postseason. Um, as soon as you walk out on the field from pitch one, you know, they're standing on their feet. They're ready to go. You know, fly balls. They think everyone's a home run fans do. And, you know, this that atmosphere of, you know, the fans into every pitch, it's fun. You know, it's just so just make sure that he enjoys it. I mean, we all need to just take that in and enjoy it and then play loose and play good baseball. Is that hard to do sometimes? You mentioned the enjoyment factor, and I guess from the outside, we, you know, everyone says, oh, there's so much on the line and everything like that. Is it hard to separate that sometimes or just going out and having fun? No, not for me. For me personally, uh, I just go out and enjoy the game day in and day out. Uh, don't like, don't try to look too much into it because then you start making mental errors and you know physical errors because you you worry about others' distractions or what game it is. You go out there with the same mentality, same approach as every game, and play hard and you know be the best teammate you can be. That's Michael Brantley talking about the postseason to come for the Indians. Yonder Alonso, one of the few Cleveland Indians who does not have postseason experience after eight major league seasons. This will be the first time that he has played after the regular season concluded. And uh, when we caught up with the Tribe first baseman, he talked about how much he was looking forward to participating in something that every player dreams about and why it's important that it's here with Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, coming in here, obviously being a free agent this offseason, my whole goal was to uh, go to a winning team. Um, you know, and I had some chances to do that. Uh, but for me, the, the biggest uh, chance for me to really go into the postseason was obviously here in Cleveland. And, uh, you know, after speaking with my family and my agent and everything, we decided that, that obviously this was the best place for sure to be in, help these guys out as much as possible. And for me, uh, you know, it's been an, uh, an incredible year. And you've been with some teams that were, were somewhat close, others that weren't even close at all. Having gone through a season now with the Indians, what's been maybe the difference that, that allows this team to play such good baseball extended periods of time? Well, I think we have really good depth, number one, and I think uh, our pitching is, is the best, I think, in, 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 our, in our division and obviously uh, one of the best in the game. Um, and we just have a lot of uh, table setters. You know, We have two, two potential MVP candidates, uh, we have a, a purest hitter, I think, from, from the left-handed side. Uh, one of the best DHs in the game, and uh, you know now we picked up uh, JD, and you know what he can do. He's a, he's an MVP type of guy. So um, yeah, we definitely have the players to do it. We have the staff to do it, the coaching staff and the pitching staff. So it's just been a, an awesome uh, all-around all team. Personally, you backed up a career year with the, another career best in runs driven in. You're close in terms of home runs and. I think for any player, you have that breakthrough season. Some people may wonder, hey, is that a career year? And, and you don't equal that again, but you've kind of taken that as the foundation and, and built upon that. What's been the biggest key to, to allow you to take another step forward this year? Just take it one day at a time. Um, make sure I'm putting my work in. Make sure uh, I'm staying, uh, obviously, confident. So it's such a mental game. Uh, I think personally for me, it's been a grind. I think it's, it's, had its, uh, it's good. It's had its bads. Um, but I'm learning throughout this whole process. I mean, you know, you're looking at a guy who for six years really wasn't doing much, right, uh, in the corner. So uh, last year I had a decent year. This year I'm having another decent year, and hopefully I can build from that. But it doesn't really matter now, you know. For me now, all that matters is about W's, and especially going forward here is all that matters is W's and W's, more W's. Well, you'll be a big part of it for sure. Leander, thanks a lot for coming by. I appreciate it. Absolutely.
That's Indians first baseman, Yonder Alonzo. And another key to the Tribe hopes in the postseason figures to be Francisco Lindor, the all-star shortstop who hit 38 home runs and drove in 92 this season. And when we caught up with Frankie, glad to have the regular season in the rearview mirror and getting ready for postseason and all that that entails. Definitely, definitely. I mean, um, regular season was fun. It got us to where we are today. But um, it's in the past. It's in the past. Now you got to focus on what you have in front of your toes, uh, and that's the Houston Astros, and uh, um, it's going to be a fun series. And you stayed out there Sunday the entire game, and I know afterward you talked about the reasons why. Why did you make sure you stayed out there after playing a lot this season? Finish. I want to finish. I want to finish with a starter, and uh, same thing in the postseason. I'm, down to, I'm expecting to be there to all the way to the end. You talk about preparation, and, and every player wants to be as prepared as possible. You get through the regular season. How did you grow as a player again this season? Seemingly each year you've done that, but what areas do you think you grew in again to have you most prepared for postseason? Um, approach and an approach approach towards everything. How many times I have, I have to hit BP? How many balls I got to catch that day? How many ground balls I have to catch that day? How many um, days a week I got to go hit BP? You know, stuff like that. I I, I grew up watching the, the, the guys that have been playing playoffs for a long time and wondering why they don't take that many BPs, why they don't, their routine is the same, but they don't do it outside. And um, I'm, I'm getting better at it, and, uh, and that's, that's a good thing. Postseason experience, you don't know much different in the time that you've been in the major leagues. You've gone to the postseason. How has that helped you as you get ready for it for a third time? Like I said, like I said, understanding how many um, swings I need to take on a daily basis and how, how to go on my business when I come out here and work out on those days that I don't that we don't play um, so it's I've understand how to take care of my my job and how to take care of my body as well and most of your teammates are, are in that situation uh, one in particular yonder Alonso it's his first time through do you, do you talk to him at all about what to expect to, during this time which is hopefully a long run he, he kind of has an idea. That he's been around the league for such a long time that he knows he just hasn't been in the playoffs. And uh, I think he, he, he's he got enough energy. He's one of those guys that goes out there every single day and um, gives his best. And whether he's tired or not, he looks like he's, he's got a lot of energy. So I'm looking forward to seeing him in the postseason for the first time. I'd say enjoy it, but I know you will. <laughs> Francisco, thanks for coming by. Thank you. That's Tribe shortstop Francisco Lindor. Stay tuned. We'll have more to come after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Strap yourselves in, folks. We're going to be here a while. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you from Minute Maid Park in Houston, where the Indians are taking on the Houston Astros in the American League Division Series. Rough start on Friday for the Tribe as Houston won it 7-2, but they'll uh, try and get back on track on Saturday afternoon. First pitch time, 4.37 from Houston, if you're tuned to this show as it plays uh, live or close to it. And uh, airtime for the warm-up show on Saturday, 4.07 from uh, right here at Minute Maid Park. Before the Indians left for Houston, Jason Kipnis met with the Cleveland media to talk about the postseason ahead. Is this team better built for October in that you don't have to lean on Kluv like you did or Andrew like you did in 16? Roster-wise, I think 
this might be the best roster we've had going into the playoffs the last couple of years. If you just look at health, if you look at depth, um, I mean, now we have we have a healthy Bauer and Carrasco, and we have Cleb and Bieber. Now we have Edwin Donaldson. Like we just have a bunch of extra stuff that we didn't have in 16, 17. And um, does it mean we're going to win? No. Uh, we in 16 we probably had a worse roster than we did in 17. But I mean that's just October baseball. That's what happened. So I think. It can only help us with how healthy we are right now, and everyone's kind of feeling rested and good, and now it's time to crank it up. And um, But, yeah, I think overall top to bottom and pitching and everything, this might be the best roster we've had. you got to really be fired up for this. I am. I am. I think this is uh, – it's weird. I said it before. It's when you get to playoff baseball, it's, that's all you really want to play anymore. Um, so it's not like you – just walk through the regular season, but it's there's less of a thrill to it just because you know what the games could feel like and could be. And uh, I know a bunch of these guys have been just kind of biting their tongue and waiting for these games too. And when we had a division locked up for a while, it's basically don't get hurt and feel good and get healthy and get ready for October. And I think guys have been waiting for this day for a while. And when you made that move to center field last year, now you've done it again. Is it was it easier this time since? It's easier this time just because I had the last year to kind of build off of. Um, a little bit healthier in my lower half uh, with my legs and hamstrings and everything. And um, it's just more experience for me from last year and this year. Just the more balls I can get out there, the more confidence I'll get in that and the uh, more confidence guys will have in me. You talked about training differently mm -hmm. in this offseason than, than before. So how much do you think that has contributed to your overall health? Well, uh, we didn't go on the DL all of this year. So that's a good start uh, for me uh, when you can play. 145 games or plus that, and uh, I think you're considered to be a healthy player and have trained the right way. And um, there, there was no problem that stopped me from having any success from health standpoint. And uh, so I think that was a, a good thing for me, and I was very happy with the way my body held up throughout the whole season. You talked about waiting in the regular season baseball, postseason baseball. This, what, four days that you have to wait here? Is it, are you guys anxious to get out there, or is this a, a good thing? We've been anxious for months, uh, to be honest. Um, but that being said, uh, now that we get so close, it's almost tone it down a little bit because I think we, we got a lot of stuff to do before we get out there on Friday. Um, this is where you really kind of have to buckle down and uh, dot the I's, cross the T's, make sure everything's in order, make sure your swing, your body, uh, just mindset's everything where you want it to be. So it's as much as you want to just run through a wall to get out there. Um, it, it comes down to being professional and how do you handle it because we've been there and we know it's more than just emotions that's going to get us through there. Do you think there's any... Um advantage or disadvantage to kind of like, I don't want to say coasting, but having clinched early like you and, and Boston did compared to like what the most National League team. There's pros and cons. I think uh, the pros have been that guys are healthy because we've been able to rest. Um, we've been able to line up our staff. We've been able to uh, take care of all the little things that other teams might not have that advantage. Um, disadvantage might be that some teams have been playing in games like this leading up to this. So as much as you want to think you can just turn the switch on and go to these high elevated games where the high pressure situations, it's not always that easy. But can it be done? Of course, it's been done a bunch. But it's just some guys have a little bit more experience than we do now, just this season-wise, of playing in these high pressure games, and they might be able to use that as an advantage. What do you guys like playing better, the 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock at night? Does it matter? Is there an... Uh, I think most guys' routine is based towards a night game. Um, that being said, I don't think anybody with these days off and guys being able to get good night's sleep and to bed early and all this stuff, we're not going to getting in bed by 12, 1230 at night after a game. 
uh, I don't think guys will have a problem playing in one or four, whatever they decide the times are. You've been in this town a long time. Mm -hmm. Everything LeBron did for years as new as the Browns for whatever. Mm -hmm. Why are you guys always the anonymous team, do you think, when you probably had the more success than anyone? Uh, I don't want to say it's, a, it's not a take-it-for-granted thing because we have some fantastic fans that have been showing up for us day in, day out. Um, it's tough. The, uh, unless you're from Cleveland or have been here for a while, it's tough to explain the Browns <laughs> to people. But I, <laughs> but it really is. I mean, and, and I mean, I'm on the bandwagon too. I've been following along, and I've become a Browns fan myself. And um, so, I mean, you'll have to ask a Cleveland native to explain that one. And then the the Cavs have had LeBron James for the last couple of years. So I mean, rightfully so. You had attention towards two main stories towards Cleveland's hearts and. Um, uh, I don't think that bothers us to an extent as long as we still get our, our support, and I think they've done a great job of still get, making sure that we get our fans and support each time too. So we're not too worried, and we know um, the Browns are doing well. Uh, Cavs are just starting, so there's really not much uh, competition there. So I think uh, this, this, we have our motto of rally together, and I think the city does that just fine when it happens. Do you have your Trubisky jersey yet? Not yet, not yet. I got a... <laughs> I'll have a, maybe a, a Khalil Mack jersey first too, but then, but Baker's jersey might wind up in there too. I, I'm the last couple of years have been Browns and Bears for me being Chicago and Cleveland, so you're not gonna accuse me of being a bandwagon if you look at their records the last couple of years. So it's fun to see them. It's fun to see them actually be good teams this year. So I, I'm enjoying it. It's been hard to explain the Bears sometimes. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Don't don't think the Browns are the only team that needs an explanation sometimes. That's Tribe second baseman Jason Kipnis, and also meeting. With the Cleveland media prior to the Indians leaving for Houston was catcher Jan Gomes trying to overcome that that thumb injury, and he was good to go on Friday, and he talked about his expectations for the postseason. Going against the defending champs, I mean, do you realize the task ahead? I mean, it's got to be, I mean, I don't know if that. It's playoff baseball now. I don't think uh, we view them as the defending champs. I mean, you know, congrats to them for last year, but, uh, it's a new year. Uh, it's a new year for everyone. Uh, just just got to play them like you, you would play any kind of a series. Do you even throw out some, like, what's going on in the regular season, sort of feel like this is a new thing too? Yeah, because, I mean, we've, we've done it a couple of years now. Uh, playoff baseball is a totally different situation. Uh, momentum is big. Uh, we're just going to go over there and try to, you know, get the momentum going on our side and bring it back here. Okay, thank you, guys basically split. I mean, they won the series 4-3. Does that mean anything at all in these? Uh, well, that means we lost the series. <laughs> that, would, that, that would not be a good thing, no. Now, we don't, I'm, I'm telling we don't, we don't view anything as like what the regular season went. If anything, is just mainly for the scouting report purpose of it. But uh, other than that, hey, I'm telling you, playoff baseball is all different, man. It's, it, anybody can get hot and we're just uh, wanting to get the momentum going on our side. Yeah, in the last two years, you guys have started at home, and you know, mm -hmm. but you guys have been very successful on the road as well. You over 500. That mean anything starting on the road? I mean, pressure to split. That's what they always say. You know, um, on the road. If there is, we really haven't talked much about it or thought much about it. Um, we knew um, what position we put ourselves in. You know, going with our season. Uh, but hey, we got to go play on the road anywhere. So. Um, we got to go through some tough teams now to get to where we want to be. How much more challenging are these five-game series? Is just your margin of errors? I think it's gonna. That's how playoff baseball is. Uh, you start, you know, 
putting things through a microscope now where, you know, each play, you know, gets, you know, it starts meaning a lot more. But, uh, you know, we've been there. We've, we've, we've been down on some games and we come back. So just a matter of us playing our kind of base where everybody, you know, come in fresh. You know, we definitely got one of the better lineups that's going to be able to put some runs and our staff's going to keep runs off the board. Do you guys ever talk about the last two years amongst yourselves? or is it no. Really, I mean, only when it kind of like gets brought up in these kind of situations, we really don't. Uh, in this game, you kind of have to have short-term memory if you keep thinking so much about the last couple of years. Some guys benefit from it. Some guys try to play emotional, and that's not kind of how this game goes. Uh, you just put it behind us. We know we've been there. The fans know we've been there. Um, it's going to be more on our side, trying to root us on now. That's Jan Gomes, Tribe Catcher, as uh, the Indians prepared for the start of the American League Division Series, which again began on Friday, a 7-2 win for Houston. Best three out of five, game two of the series on Saturday afternoon right here at Minute Maid Park. Stay tuned, more to come, our final segment after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. We're at Minute Maid Park in Houston, Texas, where the, the Houston Astros in the American League Division Series. And to close out our show this week, always great to hear from Indian Senior Vice President, Bob DiBiasio with another Tribe Tale. It's time for another Tribe Tale with Bob DiBiasio. Joining me now on Tribe Tales is former number one draft pick in 1972, outfielder Rick Manning. And Arch, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to Spend some time with us. Oh, my pleasure. When you just said 72, that's a flashback. <laughs> that's going back a long time. That's a long yes, time. Yes, it is. Which means you're a grandpa. Oh, uh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm a grand uh, grandfather of six, believe it or not. i got two grandsons here in Cleveland, AJ and Nick. I've got two granddaughters out in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. And I've got uh, a, a grandson and a granddaughter out in the Bay Area, San Francisco for my daughter, Jessie. So, that, yes, they keep me busy. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. 1972 first-round draft pick. Uh, I think the draft is a little bit different back then than it is today. Were you still in school when the draft happened? I Yes, I was. I was uh, 17 years old. It was uh, June 6th was the draft. We never got out of school about the 20th of June. As a matter of fact, when when they called me and I met with the Indians, I was still in high school. I took off from school a week before the draft to, to go to Florida just to get away from everything and everybody because, you know, people were calling and I was acting like I wasn't home. But And I, I, I had a phone call and I knew the Indians were going to take me and so they could have me by the phone and things like that. But 
Uh, yeah, it, it was hectic and it was it was fun and you know that never happened in Niagara Falls, New York. The only other guy that played in the big leagues was Sal Bar uh, Sal Lamagli. Really? Sal LaBarber, yeah. yeah. So it was something pretty special back in those days. Well, you were the number two pick overall. So you weren't sitting in math class, and <laughs> they came in. The principal comes in and says, hey, there's a phone call for you. No, I skipped school. <laughs> I skipped. Don't, I Shocking. Tell, I can't tell anybody that, but I did. And no, it was it was pretty strange because he, then after I was drafted, I – my dad and I had to drive up to Cleveland and meet with Gabe Paul and Phil Seggy to, you know, try and get a deal done. And I came up here in, in June. Uh, they were playing the Boston Red Sox, so it, it was pretty cool. When you broke into the big leagues, uh, Dwayne Kuyper, one of your buddies, Dennis Eckersley, uh, that crew from, uh, was it Oklahoma City is the team? Yeah, yeah your AAA yeah. team. Uh, you joined the team in 75, but it was after opening day. So you did play for Frank Robinson, weren't there for his uh, inaugural uh, day when he uh, hit the home run on opening day. But talk about playing for Frank as we uh, honored him uh, with a statue a year ago. Well, when I was a kid growing up, I watched him play, and he was a great ball player. Still is to this day one of the best ball players ever, I thought. And it was, uh, it was something really special because you watch that Oriole team that he played on and they were in the World Series every year with Brooks and Frank and Boog and got a chance to see Boog the other day. And when we were in Baltimore, he stopped by. So Frank was uh, really uh, – I, I loved it because he demanded you go out there and you play the game hard like he played. I mean, he, he was uh, no nonsense. He took it very serious. I learned some very good lessons because it was a veteran team. And, you know, they started to infuse it with some young players like myself and Kuiper and Eckersley that year. And uh, it was an honor. Um, I learned a lot of baseball. He would never let me hit the ball in the air because I could run so fast. He made me hit the ball on the ground and hit it the other way and, and do a bunch of things like that. But, like, nowadays the, the game has changed because they can swing and strike out and it doesn't matter. Right. They didn't want you to strike out back then. It's put the ball in play and maybe something would happen. But, you know, Frank, um, I think – the, he was such a great player. Sometimes the game might have been easier for him, and he expected pitchers to do things better than, you know, he'd get upset when they he, they walked hitters or did something like that. But um, he knew the game of baseball, and, you know, he was he was walking that, that, that road where he was the first black manager, uh, you know, in, in the history of baseball. So it was something pretty cool to watch him go through that and, uh, you know, just be a part of it. 76, you win a gold glove. One of the easiest plays you ever made, though, was Lenny yeah. Barker's perfect game out, right? And it, you know what? That's a funny thing. You're right. I won a gold glove in 76. And, yeah, in, in 1981, May 15th, that last out might have been the easiest catch I ever had to make. And I was just screaming. I knew before the ball went up I was going to catch it. I had Charbonneau in left, and I had uh, George Order in right. And I said, nobody's going to catch it. It's coming to me. I didn't care where it was at. And it just happened to be that way. And, uh, yeah, something very, very special. Yeah, that was one of the great nights uh, in the 80s for sure. Uh, when you think back at your uh, eight and a half years uh, as a ball player, uh, it's crazy. You're entering your 29th season as a broadcaster, 14 years as a player, eight and a half here as a, a Cleveland Indian. So twice as many years in the broadcast booth as you uh, were on the field, which is remarkable how time flies. But reflect little bit on your time as a Cleveland Indian. Well, I'll tell you, it was something very, very special to me. I came up here when I was a kid, 20 years old. I was in the big leagues, and it seemed like every weekend, because we were so close to Niagara Falls, 
boatloads of guys used to come, and that was a big old stadium. And, you know, normally you'd get six tickets, four family, two guests. I was leaving 20 and 30, it seemed like, every weekend for these friends and family that would come up. But, um, I, you know, that's where I cut my teeth. I was a member of the Cleveland Eagles. They treated me so well um, when I first came up. I was the young kid at the time. And, you know, for 20 years old, uh, Eckersley and myself, and Kipe was about 23, 24 when he got up here. It was fun coming up with people that you played in the minor leagues with. You know, I mean, that helped because when you finally get to the big leagues, I, I was playing with stars like Boog Paul and Enrico Cardi and guys that have, have been there for a long, long time. And you finally realize that you belong in the big leagues. And Cleveland is, uh, is just like where I grew up, man. The people are something special. They, they expect you to work hard. You, know, you, you play hard and, and you do things the right way and they love you. They don't care. If you, if you slough and, you, and you're not a blue collar guy, They'll hate you and they, they won't like you. But this this town has been, it's like I grew up here. I was born and raised in, in New York, upstate. But I, this is like, it feels like it's my true home, Cleveland, because I've been here since 1975. Well, we've had an awful lot of fun over yes, the years are. together, yes, Arch. And yeah. Let's continue to do so. I, I, I hope so, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, we're getting older. we got to keep going, Pops. <laughs> Absolutely. And Arch, uh, on behalf of Tribe fans everywhere, we wish you the very, very best. Oh, thank you very much. Rick Manning, our latest Tribe Tale. And that'll do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Don't know where we're going to be next weekend, to be honest. We could be back home in Cleveland at the end of the season, or the Indians could be getting ready for the American League Championship Series. We'll keep our fingers crossed that that will be the case. So it could be boston or new york where the indians are next weekend and we'll bring you our show whatever the outcome of this series against houston we will bring you another show of tribe talk next weekend so as always thanks to brian matze for putting together our shows each week until next weekend this is jim rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to tribe talk on the cleveland clinic indians radio network on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 